Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and the rolling seas of randomosities. I'm Jingan, and I'm Eliza, and in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast, and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YOY Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So, Eliza, what is your search term for the week? My search term is... Are salt lamps really salty? Because <laughs> a few days ago, right, I met some friends and then they were talking about crystals, right? Uh-huh. And then one of them said her sister uh-huh. has a salt lamp. Salt lamp. Yeah, salt lamp. And I'm thinking like, are salt lamps really made of salt? Salt lamp, is it like a salt crystal thing yeah. and then inside got one light yeah 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 you know when when you say this kind of thing i can't really imagine how it looks like uh-huh. so i went search it out yeah it, it's really like a pink crystal thing then there's a hole in the middle and it? then there is a base where there's a light for oh. the light to be in yeah okay 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 so are they really salty and is it a salt that we can eat <laughs> do you know the answer i think that salts are minerals right Mm-hmm. So they have like a crystal form mm-hmm. before it become like the salt inside our kitchen. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that the salt lamp is salty. Okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> when you say a salt lamp, then it is like a pink color crystal thing, right? Uh-huh. So I always think that it's like those crystal ornaments that people have at home. You know, the purple one uh-huh. that's quite common here. I think so, yeah. I think I see before. Yeah, yeah. I secretly touched one at a relative's <laughs> house before. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. It felt like a smooth rock. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like a super smooth rock. Hmm, now that you say it's smooth, I don't know whether it will taste salty. Yeah, right? So hmm. I thought that salt lamps were going to be like that. Okay. Like a smooth crystal rock thing. Okay. And then would they treat it? Like, would they put varnish on it? Right? Yeah. Or like some kind oh, of yeah, epoxy resin on it? That's true. If they put it then we can't taste the salt, right? Yeah, right. Okay, okay, okay. I want to know the answer. Mm. Then, 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 wait, wait. I thought of another thing. Okay. Like, you know how salt in our kitchen gets a bit, like, sweaty, like, sticky? Does it? Yes, especially in our country, because of the humidity or something, then the salt will become clumpy, clumpy one. Oh, I always thought that it's because, like, when you use the spoon or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Then when you put it back, then it's like, somehow it got wet. Then wait by what water vapor? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like no. if you are not careful uh-huh. or what lah. Oh, then, then like, you actually dip it into the soup ah. Oh yeah, or something like that. Oh, because you know it's near the very boiling hot thing. Then got a lot of steam. Yeah, got a lot of steam lor, yeah, yeah. And because it's in Singapore, it's generally humid ma. Yeah, that's why yeah. our salt is always a bit sticky. <laughs> then when you open the 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 container, then the water vapor go in. Then mm-hmm, it will stay mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then how? Then the salt then becomes sticky, how? Then like that lah. Then must treat it right. Put some resin or plastic or some epoxy on it. <laughs> I don't know. I have so many questions. You know, like the more the more I talk about it, the more questions I had. Like what's going on? <laughs> you know. So the I salt went, lamp becomes sticky. Yeah, so I went to Google, are uh, salt lamps really salty, right? Uh. Then it turns out that a lot, a lot of people are curious about this also. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, the top search result, of course, is debating whether salt lamps work. Okay. <laughs> but then the next article is like, right after it, it's wait, a wait, vice. Wait, wait, wait. What, what do you mean by salt lamps work? They work, right? Whether they purify the air and all that, like, all the healing property and all that. Oh, are they supposed to do that? I thought it's just a light. No, apparently, <laughs> right? Because those people who believe in crystals uh-huh. will believe in the healing properties of crystals. Oh, Then they believe that this salt lamp, because this salt lamp is not the regular salt that we have in our kitchen. It's oh. a Himalayan pink salt. Yeah, crystal. that's why it's pink, right? Yeah, okay. so it's like a special crystal thing. Then they believe that it will suck the negative ion and bad energy in your room Okay, and cleanse your air. Oh. That's what they believe lah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. okay but sorry. anyway, okay, after after that, right, there's this vice article, right? Yes. That says we asked people why they lick their Himalayan salt lamps. <laughs> so there was a whole article about it. Okay. And they actually have people recounting to them why 
and when okay. they licked the sock lamb. Okay. Mm. So this first lady, right, she went to a friend's sleepover when she was a teenager. Then her friend's mom had one and was so excited about it. Keep telling her about how it'll heal the air, make the room got good vibes, that kind of thing. Okay. Then all she could think of, right, was like, how the lamb looked delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but then she had no chance to lick it. So one mm. day, right, she went to an Airbnb. Okay. As an adult. Okay. okay. Then it is the hippie kind of Airbnb. Okay. Yeah, the kind with the compost toilet and the essential oil diffuser kind. <laughs> and there was a Himalayan salt lamp. Oh my god, a perfect chance. Yeah, then when the host left her to her own devices, right? Yes. She immediately went to lick the lamp. <laughs> and her review of it is... Okay. It tasted so good and salty. Surprisingly mellow in flavour. The experience was not sliding your tongue across a brick of table salt. The lamp dried quickly, leaving no trace of what had happened. What the hell? <laughs> so it's really salty, eh? Yeah, it's lightly mellow, mellow, mellow salty. What if she's not the first one who lick it? Eee, then a lot of people who go to the Airbnb lick it. Then how to clean it? Eee. Then will it get smaller as you lick more? Da, 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 more and more questions. <laughs> yeah, another person who wrote in, right? She also did it. Yeah. And then she said, It's really salty. Once it's enough, baby. <laughs> I believe so many people are curious enough to actually lick the salt lamp. Yeah, and then like, recount it to the Vice article. <laughs> oh my God. There's this one lady with a salt lamp. Uh-huh. Then she say her brain will get curious from time to time okay. and ask her to lick it. Her brain. Yeah. Mm, okay. And then she will just give her lamp a little lick just to calm the voice in her head. <laughs> lick. So what? Every single time her brain tells her to lick Occasionally her brain will tell her to lick the lamp. Then she will occasionally lick it a bit. So I wonder if her, la- her salt lamp became smaller. Became smaller strength. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Okay, anyway, now we know the answer, right? Uh-huh. Salt lamps are salty. Okay. And then I also found out that salt lamps can leak water. Mm. Can leak water. Mm. Huh? Can leak water. Just like what we were saying just now, la, how the salt in the kitchen becomes can be sweaty. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because Himalayan salt is hygroscopic in nature, so it attracts moisture from the environment. Oh. Yeah. So it really attracts moisture from like it really affects the room yeah it it sucks moisture la. wow okay mm. I, I did mean, not know that well the the sellers of this kind of salt lamp also say that it will supposedly suck impurities in the air and trap it inside the salt okay but that according to science then is the still people <laughs> lick it huh? that according to science is still debatable <laughs> so yeah and then I, see. I mean if it suck the impurity then you lick the impurity then you go back in your body yeah no don't think <laughs> so if you live in a humid place yes. or you put the salt lamp near a damp area like the kitchen the bathroom or the laundry area right uh-huh. the salt lamp will cry like that's what they call it crying salt lamp oh my god mm. and that's what the light bulb is for actually cause the light bulb will warm the crystal the salt crystal so uh-huh. it's supposed to help the collected moisture evaporate okay Okay. Interestingly, I, I think you'll be glad to know this. Okay. There is a YouTube video on liquefying a Himalayan salt lamb. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's by the king of random. They tried to erode the salt lamb mm-hmm. with water. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to steam it. And they tried to melt it in a forge. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so very, very interesting video. Okay. You want to guess what will happen? Yeah, no. <laughs> I would like to watch it. <laughs> okay, you want to watch it? Okay. Don't tell you. Okay, don't tell me. So everybody can go and watch the video and let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. But essentially, I mean, a salt lamp is supposed to behave like salt. La. Mm. So if it's indestructible, mm-hmm. then you need to ask yourself, what is actually that thing? Yeah, do you actually <laughs> buy a salt lamp? <laughs> what is actually that thing? What, what, what did I just buy? <laughs> Okay, so uh, of course we go back to the question of whether salt lamps work, right? Okay, yes. Do they make your air better? Uh Uh-huh. The answer is no. Oh. 
wow. <laughs> How you know? Why, why, why will you say that? I'm just guessing. Okay, la, based on the studies <laughs> by the science community and medical community, yes. there is no evidence All right. that salt lamps release negative ions or clean the air. It's a placebo effect. Mm. If you want these lamps because they are beautiful mm-hmm. and they calm you down because it's quite a nice glow, la, it's a pinkish yeah glow. Lo, yeah, lo. Then, yeah, there's no harm having them in your room. Mm. But, a side note, salt lamps might cause salt toxicity in some pets. As in, like, they keep licking the mm, salt Because lamp. some pets, right, <laughs> once they lick it once, then they'll they realise like, that, eh, it's salty. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> then they will secretly keep go and lick it. And then they'll get addicted to the flavour of your salt lamp. <laughs> and then they will have salt toxicity. Yeah, so if you've got an animal at home, you might want to move the salt lamp to an inaccessible area. I see. If you catch your animal licking it, yes, then you might want to monitor it or tell your vet. Or hanging out near it constantly. Yeah, you might need to go like tell your vet law that your, your cat or your dog has been secretly licking your lamp. Okay. Then they can do the correct test. I see. Mm. Okay. The Very interesting. And the salt lamp is worth its salt. <laughs> Yeah. Were you planning for that throughout the I was trying to like where segment. can I insert this? <laughs> what a good conclusion. Okay, no. moving on. No. No. <laughs> nah. 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 Uh, it's not a good it's <laughs> Do you get it? Yes, I get it. Cause sodium is N A. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> okay, so Jingan, what is your search term of the week? My search term is why do Koreans use metal chopsticks and not wooden ones or bamboo? Oh, wow. What a good question. <laughs> what do you think the answer is? Why do they use metal chopsticks and not... Yeah, why? Huh? Mm. Mm, it's always very heavy. Eh. Mm-hmm. Because they had a forest problem. They had not enough wood. Forest problem? No. Uh, <laughs> problem. <laughs> they have not enough bamboo. There was a bamboo shortage. Uh, no, I don't think so. Mm. Doesn't seem like it. Met- Why do they use metal chopstick? They also use metal bowl. Because the metal chopstick looks nice on their metal bowl. Like matching, is it? Yeah, match. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know when you go and then you buy a set, then you're like, oh, it looks good together. Uh, no. No? Yeah, I don't think that's the like full reason. Like, the there's ma- a lot the, more reasons. The makers, the makers of the metal bowl make the metal chopstick also. I see. Then when you buy the metal bowl, then you are like, eh. I will buy the metal chopstick too. I gift you the metal chopsticks. Accessory. So, free yeah. accessory with the bowl purchase. Oh my gosh. Cannot. No, it's not. So. <gasps> okay, I used up all my chances. Okay. Okay, there is like a more complicated answer. But like the simple and practical answer for this question is that it is more durable than wooden or plastic chopsticks. Okay. Okay. And then it's easier to keep the BBQ meat off the grill. Because mm-hmm. it's like it's open fire sometimes. Oh yeah, because the they do the Korean barbecue uh, very often. Uh-huh. Yeah, they eat like that very often. Yes, then, so if you keep the meat, mm-hmm. then later your chopstick burn how? Yeah, correct. Oh, mm. then if you use the plastic one, it will melt. Yeah, correct. Oh my goodness. Also, it is more hygienic. Really? Yeah, because they can just like boil it. Like boil it's easier to clean at a higher temperature. Ah. Mm. Oh, that's pretty brilliant. Uh. Apparently it's more uh, sanitary. Can we boil wooden chopstick? <laughs> technically can, right? Yeah, technically can. La. But wood might get moldy, especially a long time ago, the wood. I think also because wood has grooves. Like it's porous. Yeah. yeah. So like, like things can hide in it. Oh. Like, you cannot wash away. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, the historical answer for this question. Can I guess, can I guess? Okay. They use the chopstick as weapons. Oh they can gosh. stab people with it. <laughs> like, like, if somebody want to assassinate the king, then all the, all the people who are eating, they will suddenly throw the chopstick at the person. So, like, <laughs> multi-functional. Yeah, oh. it's like a ninja star like that. <laughs> wow, exciting. Like, okay, it's a bit close, but <gasps> it's not correct. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit close, because it, it has to do with... It's part of the answer. Okay, tell me, tell me the answer. 
Okay, so apparently, uh-huh. Koreans used to use wooden chopsticks a long time ago. Okay. But they probably made the switch as early as 18 BC. 18 BC is very long very ago. Very long ago, okay. yeah. 18 BC to 660 AD, which is the Big J period. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there were metal chopsticks found in the tomb of King Muryong, who died in the year 523. Okay. Okay. So, as early as that, la, it's already metal. Mm-hmm. In the old days, the nobility or the rich families will use gold, silver, or brass chopsticks for special occasions to okay. showcase their affluence. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yes, because I'm rich enough to afford gold chopsticks, right? Yes. Okay. Mm. And why is it that silver chopsticks especially are super popular? Mm-hmm. It's because when they are exposed to arsenic, they will turn black. Oh, ooh, yeah. So yes. it will reveal any poison in the food. Aha, and yes. Then because the nobility always got assassination plot, right? Yes. So then they can use this to like test the food immediately. Oh, put it in the soup or the noodle, then ding, change color. Aha, uh-huh. you try to poison me. Yes. I will stab you with this poison chopstick <laughs> now. Stabs the assassin, force you to eat the food that you try to feed me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a more <laughs> sensible way. <laughs> Then also, after a while, mm-hmm. commoners adopted the practice of using steel chopsticks as part of their family tradition to uh-huh. show reverence to the king. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it became very trendy, then a lot of people use it, mm-hmm. then after that, okay, the commoners also like, have to Just follow show respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. So there's an old uh, Korean superstition that says that the closer to the tip you hold the chopsticks, the longer you will remain unmarried. Oh, wow. Wow, I was not told that. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, so like, you I have to know. hold it as far back as possible. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's very weird, right? Okay. That's not functional at all. So if you hold it where the average people hold it, then you will get married at the average time. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it's fine being average. If it helps you put the food <laughs> into what? your mouth. <laughs> Then if you want to get married very fast, you must hold it at the extreme. At the tip. At, at the, the tip. tip, tip. <laughs> and try to poke it. Poke your food. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why do you think they are flat? Yeah, I was going to ask you why are they flat. <laughs> yeah, what, why? Uh? Chinese chopstick is round. Mm. Japanese chopstick is also like round or sharp. It's round sharp. and sharp. pointy at the yeah, tip. Yeah, slightly sharp. Why uh. are they flat? Because their noodle eat. It makes the noodle not slide off so easily. Okay, okay, I shall save you the trouble. Is that correct? Because it's not correct, and also there is no real reason. Huh? Yeah. It turns out it's probably because they wanted to save on material. Because if you make a flat one, it's less than the circle. Yeah, you won't, you yeah. won't get rid of less And then material. also because flat chopsticks are easier to mass produce. Because it's metal. Yeah. Yeah. Hiya. So there's no real benefit to the shape. It's just very not ergonomical. Yeah. I always feel that it's like, it, doesn't, it does not make sense, right? I thought it's their noodle. <laughs> it's like, it only... I always imagine that it's because their chopsticks are engineered for their kind of noodle. No. It still slides off, leh. Yeah. Then I always <laughs> think that maybe it's my skill. My chopstick skill is not good. I'm using some Chinese chopstick skill. No. That is not applicable to Korean chopsticks. No, it's not what. It's the same kind of noodle, but it's very similar. Yeah, it's not. So in the yeah. end, it is a cost. Just a, it's a cost issue. Like yeah, how and it's to like, make it faster. It has always been like this. So and because is, the metal is usually in a sheet, what? Yes. so it's easier to cut. And all exactly, that. exactly. <gasps> exactly that. Yeah, that's the answer. Okay. Okay, so some other fun facts about chopsticks because um, I was just reading about chopsticks in general. Okay. Um, 30% of the world uses chopsticks. That's wow. quite a lot. Yeah. Wow. And okay. then another 30% mm-hmm. is cutlery, so mm-hmm. fork and spoon knife. Mm-hmm. Then you guess the rest of the world use what? Hands! Exactly! So most of the world uses hands to eat their meals. Mm-hmm. I love using my hands to eat my meals. Yes, yes, I know. Like, you know, you can feel the food. You feel the food. If there is no need to use utensils, Mm -hmm. use your hands. Like, Mm. for example, pizza, right? I don't Mm. understand why people must use a knife on the pizza, fork and knife. How can you touch the texture of the pizza or the burger? I don't like my hands to become oily. You can wash it later. It's the experience, 100%. You want 100% experience of the food? You need to use your hands. Okay. 
the exception is hot soup. <laughs> you can use your hands, but other than that, okay. Anyway, continue. You can, you can, you just, just hold the bowl and hold drink the bowl. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Chinese chopsticks tend to be longer, mm-hmm. and Japanese chopsticks tend to be shorter. Okay, why? You guess? It's shorter because the Japanese food is heavier because the sushi is heavy. Then if it's too long, then you need a lot of effort to lift the sushi to your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So for Japanese chopstick, it has to be shorter so that you need less effort to carry the whole heavy sushi into your mouth. Okay. (laughs) Right? That's the answer, right? No, that's not the how can that not be the answer? Okay, <laughs> the answer is that because Chinese people have a tradition of sharing food. Oh. Whereas Japanese people, not so much. Oh, then you, you don't need to stretch so far to get the exactly. food from the center oh plate. Oh my god, <laughs> this answer is very funny. <laughs> that is very true. Leh. Yeah, then because we always have hot pot, then the chopstick needs to be quite long so yes. it can reach the bottom. Yes. <laughs> oh, mm, that's a good answer. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so Japanese chopsticks are short and pointy because they consume a lot of fish Mm -hmm. and it helps them remove the fish bones. Oh, I see. Mm. (laughs) Alright, it's time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. So Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? Okay, our contributor this week is... Bellsprout. He's hiding behind a pseudonym because he sent us a conspiracy pyramid that he found on Reddit. Bellsprout. I know we are both not a fan of conspiracy theories. Yes. But there is an interesting portion of this pyramid. Okay. That is labeled things that actually happened. Uh. (laughs) I mean, if they actually happen, then they are not actually conspiracy theories. Yeah. They are just events that really happened. Yeah, nefarious events. Okay, so... (laughs) Well, let's just pick three random ones and see what we find. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, the first one is Big Tobacco Lied About Cancer. Big Tobacco. Big Tobacco is like Big Pharma, is it? I guess so. Like Like the big brand names in cigarettes. I feel like I don't know how to spell tobacco. (laughs) Are you spelling Tabasco? (laughs) Like the spicy sauce. Yeah, I totally spelled it wrong. But it's okay. Google save me. Okay. <laughs> I found an infographic. And it says that the tobacco industry lied and now they are forced to tell the truth. That's in 2006. Mm-hmm. And they are mandated to run ads for a year telling the truth about how they manipulated their products, how they lied to the American public, Mm-hmm. And how they obscured the deadly and harmful effects of cigarettes. Mm. And that is in 2006. Huh? Then mm-hmm. for 11 years, the tobacco companies were fighting to keep the ads from seeing the light of day. But in 2017, the big tobacco companies, yeah. they are finally running the ads in print newspapers and network TV. <sighs> okay, I'm reading this other article and it just lists many things that the tobacco companies falsely deny mm-hmm. like for example in 1994 mm-hmm. they deny that they can and do manipulate the level of nicotine in their products to create and sustain addiction Ooh. so they basically like change the amount of nicotine in their products and brands I guess mm-hmm. to their consumers mm-hmm. because the medical community found out that nicotine is addictive yes and they denied they publicly denied that it is addictive mm. they actually said something like if cigarettes are behaviorally addictive or habit forming they are much more like gummy bears I eat gummy bears and I don't like it when I don't eat my gummy bears but I'm certainly not addicted to them whatever you say Nonsense. Wow, it's the CEO eh. CEO of Philip Morris. Okay. And then they actually went on TV Mm in 1971. Mm -hmm. And then the president of Philip Morris said that it is true that babies born from women who smoke are smaller, Mm -hmm. but they are just as healthy as the babies born to women who do not smoke. And that is false, is it? And then some women would prefer to have smaller babies He's just like, you know, huh. very condescendingly saying, okay. like, there is obvious 
a link between pregnancy smoking. and smoking la. yeah pregnancy and smoking and then the babies that come out maybe like uh, not as healthy mm-hmm. but like they just say in such a way like try to make it like a benefit like that oh your baby will be smaller easier to come out <laughs> Uh, tobacco companies also falsely marketed and promoted low tar and light cigarettes as less harmful than regular cigarettes to keep people smoking and sustain revenues. Oh yes, I remember like there were those menthol kind of tobacco as well as low tar kind of tobacco. Uh-huh. And then I remember that when I was in my early 20s, I had friends who smoked mm-hmm. and they would think that smoking a menthol or a light mm. cigarette is less harmful than smoking, for example, a Marlboro ring. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they would think that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. All cigarettes are harmful. Mm. So all these court cases happen in America, mm-hmm. and then they were made to like run ads to say that oh, we lied about the harmfulness of cigarettes, mm-hmm. and then we have to like run ads on how harmful it is because it's in twenty seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. They are saying that a lot of teens, as well as young adults, they might not see these ads because. Nowadays, the teens get their news and entertainment online, like mm. on YouTube, on Netflix, or social media. Mm, mm, mm. So actually, this group of people, mm. they don't even know about this campaign. So they just like kind of run away from this thing again. Mm. Like <laughs> the impact of it is not as big as in 2006. Yeah. Because the, the whole thing happened in 2006, I where see, they, I were, see. they were mandated to run the ads. I see. But they kept fighting lawsuits and it was postponed all the way to and 2017. And everything. Then now they are trying to cheat their way out of informing the mm. actual public. Mm. And then this is also in America, right? Mm-hmm. So how do these cigarette companies continue to bolster their revenue? Mm. They go to developing nations lor, that don't have such regulations. Mm. Exactly. So they like proliferate out into the developing world. Yeah. They are basically a very powerful drug cartel. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Now that you put it that way. (laughs) Okay, moving on to the next search term. Yes. It's a bit cryptic. It says Tuskegee. T-U-S-K-E-G-E-E. What is it about? Is it about elephant tusk? Tuskegee? Yeah. Tuskegee syphilis study. It's not about elephant tusks. No. I thought it was about wildlife <laughs> trade. <laughs> so, what happened in this? Okay, so basically from what I can see from the Google search, mm-hmm. um, Tuskegee is a place in US. Mm, Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a study called the Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the Negro Male. Mm-hmm. And this was in 1932 to 1972 which means that it's 40 years okay okay so this is a unethical study Mm. so what happened they enrolled 600 African Americans who were very poor Mm -hmm. into this thing and then they promised them free healthcare Mm. okay but they were not told what is it about Mm. okay then they all received a jab Mm. okay so 399 of them Mm. were given the syphilis Mm. and 200 and one of them were not infected. Mm. Okay. Then they wanted to see what happened yes. to them. So they promised that it was going to last for six months, but it was extended to 40 years. What then the they lost funding for treatment. Oh my god. Mm. And then they did not inform the people who were infected that they would never be treated. Exactly. Mm. And then... The infected people, actually they can be treated with penicillin. Mm. This antibiotic was very widely available. And mm. it was the standard treatment for syphilis. Mm. But they purposely the, don't give to them. Mm, the treatment was withheld. Mm. So that they can see what happened. Yeah, And also only African Americans were recruited. So it's like, mm. racist much. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> How did it end? Oh, a leak. There was a leak to the press. And then the press found out. Mm. And then there was a formal apology. It, in it 1997. Caused, yeah, it caused the death of 128 participants. Eh, either directly from syphilis or related complications. That's really not okay, man. Not okay. Yeah, and that's why there was a leak to the press and then they had to do something about it. They had to stop this whole thing. Then 1997, Bill Clinton apologized, said that it was shameful and racist. Good job, Bill Clinton. <sighs> this kind of experiments. And also, like, you know, like the people who actually make these experiments, what mm-hmm. are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. 
Like, it's not okay, you know. You know, it's like in those shows where you have, like, this, like, secret lab. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, these mad scientists doing experiments on people mm-hmm. without any ethics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like that, law, but in real life. Yeah. And to a lot of people. I'm sure this is not the only one. This is the one... It, this is one of the rare ones they come to light. Exactly. That like, we know about, right? Yeah. yeah. That got exposed. How mm-hmm. many more are running that no one knows about? Mm. True. Mm. Dum, dum, dum. The price of human progress. Well, I mean... I still believe that most of humanity is good. Mm-hmm. It's just that some of the bad things make us feel that there's a lot of bad things happening. Okay. One more search term from this. <laughs> from this. Um, Alright, one more, one more. Mm. This is getting a bit depressing. Mm, from this very dark side of the web. Okay, next one, also a bit cryptic. It says MK Ultra. Oh. You know what? Uh, what is that? I've heard of this. I think this is like a lot worse. <laughs> huh? Why <What> is this? <laughs> MK Ultra is the codename given to a program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the CIA, some of which were illegal. What in the world? Experiments on humans were intended to develop procedures and identify drugs such as LSD to be used in interrogations in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. What? CIA... Wow. And it's really like, you know, one of those things that you see in the movies, but it's real. But it's real, yeah. Yep. Techniques included the covert administration of high doses of psychoactive drugs, mm-hmm. especially LSD, and other chemicals, electroshocks, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, in addition to other forms of torture. Wow. So basically, they just secretly torture people. Oh, wow. Wow. This is really bad. <laughs> a former organized crime boss wrote of his experience as an inmate test subject in MK Ultra. Eight convicts in a panic and paranoid state. Total loss of appetite. Hallucinating? The room would change shape. Hours of paranoia and feeling violent. We experienced horrible periods of living nightmares and even blood coming out of the walls. Guys turning to skeletons in front of me. I saw a camera change into the head of a dog. I felt like I was going insane. Oh, he was, and he's a mafia boss. Eh? And this is his account of it. Although they had thousands of participants mm-hmm. and also like a, like a controlled area in which they did this. Mm-hmm experiments mm-hmm. we don't know the full impact of these experiments mm. including the amount of deaths this is from a smithsonian mac article it says many of mk ultra's records were destroyed in a 1973 purge and many had been destroyed throughout the program but 8,000 pages of records mostly financial documents that were mistakenly not destroyed in 1973 were found in 1977 and they launched a second round of inquiries into MK Ultra. So that's how we know about this yes, thing. Yes, that's how we know about this thing because they were financial documents. Mm. Uh-huh. Very interesting. There's quite a lot of information on the Wikipedia article so everybody can mm. go and read about it. Yeah, y'all can fall down this wiki black hole yourself. It's quite um horrific. I am done with this. So done. Alright. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so that's the end of this special segment. Alright, Eliza, what is your second search term of the week? My search term is... How do we mitigate fiery poops after eating spicy food? Drink milk. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your answer? Apparently, that's not a very good answer. Uh, Medium, I guess. It's a medium answer. It's an okay answer. Mm, I think a lot of people say this, but then when I actually do it, then it leads to, like, diarrhea. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So I think that's not the answer. Yeah. So what is the answer? Because some people are already not so good with dairy. Mm. Then you're already not good with spicy food. Mm. Then you put something else that you're not so good with. Then not good plus not good equal very not good. So the stomach is like, nope. Yeah, then you just like, you know what? I had enough. I'm not going to hold this nonsense in. (laughs) <laughs> and then just let it all go. Let it go. Let it let go. Let it go. Yeah. yeah. 
So, mm. I mean, I guess that's a quick fix way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> quick fix. Yeah. Before we answer this question, uh, okay, okay. we need to know why spicy food cause spicy poops. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yes, okay. Okay, so do you know the answer why? Um, is it because it is hot? So... Like the spicy food itself, right? Mm-hmm. It generates heat. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. It generates then heat. when you go inside your stomach, then it generates an unreasonable amount of heat. Okay. So your stomach is like I'm not having this. Okay. So it has a spicy tantrum. Okay. Mm, unhappy. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a chemical reaction ish kind of thing. Yeah. Then mixed with the acid that is already inside your stomach. <laughs> Then they have mm-hmm. a happy party and explosion. Oh wow! <laughs> Good job. <laughs> it is. It is not not really correct. Like your science is not not really correct. I know it's not correct. I'm just saying <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> okay, it's because spicy foods right contains capsaicin. It's a compound that binds to our TRPV one receptors. I see. And this receptor, mm-hmm. their job is to detect heat. It's the same receptor that alerts our brain when we accidentally touch a hot thing. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's why my ears become hot Mm -hmm. when I eat a spicy thing. Mm -hmm. Which is also why when we eat spicy food, we feel a burning sensation in our mouth. And also why spicy is called hot and hot is called hot. Because hot, it activates the same receptors. I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. These TRPV1 receptors are all over our body. Mm. In our mouth, in our digestive tracts, mm-hmm. and even in our butts. Mm. Yeah, everywhere. Because they also need to tell you that you touch a hot thing. Ma. Spicy poops. You don't touch spicy poops. I mean, you touch a hot thing, like touch a hot stove, or you bang on a hot as exhaust in, As in, because just now you said in our butt also mm. have, that's why I got spicy poops. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if our body detects heat, it will attempt to cool it down. Okay. So your trigger reactions like sweating. Mm-hmm. If it's in our digestive tract, and then the capsaicin isn't completely digested, mm-hmm. then the receptors in our digestive tract will pick it up. Oh. And then it will try to get rid of it. That's why oh. some people will get stomach ache or cramps. Oh, so I was kind of correct when I said it actually makes us hot. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of correct. <laughs> I can't believe it's correct. Yes, it is. And <laughs> interestingly, we have the receptors in our digestive tract, right? Uh-huh. So it, on the inside, we can feel it also. Yeah, you can feel it become hot, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> so by the time the food reaches our butts, right? Yes. Ideally, all the capsaicin is digested. Okay. Then you won't get the spicy poop. Capsaicin. Is that why it's called capsicum? Mm-hmm. I think so. Eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if there's still the capsaicin in the food waste, yeah. then we'll feel the burn la, when it comes out. Because mm. the receptor in your lips and the receptor in your butt is the same. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Ah. Okay, interestingly, the capsaicin also increases the rate that the food is passed through our gut. Because your body wants to get rid of it faster, ma, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this increased speed will reduce the absorption of bile acids. And these bile acids are used for digestion and absorption of fats in our small intestines. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So then when these food waste reach our butts, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just capsaicin. There's also bile acids. No wonder ah. it's burning. Then according to doctors, uh-huh. it will also irritate the delicate skin in this area. I see. Okay. Yeah, it's not just spicy, it's acidic also. Oh. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So since spicy food is going to give us trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Is it good for us? What do you think? Uh, Yes, that time we talked about this before, right? Because spicy foods trigger some sort of like uh, cortisol thing. Mm. So after we eat the spicy food, right? Then we have that whole reaction of being sweaty and everything. Then after that, we will feel like our stress is relieved. Yes, your stress hormone go up. And then yeah. after that, the, when the ordeal is over, yeah. then you feel a sense of relief. relief. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it is good for us. It can help people suffering from chronic pain. It can reduce blood pressure, lower cholesterol, and even have anti-cancer properties. Oh. Mm. It can also speed up your metabolism, slow down your appetite, and can combat inflammation and has antioxidant and antimicrobial properties. 
Oh, okay. This is, of course, if you're eating spicy foods made with real spices. Ah, mm. okay, okay. Not the fake spicy, those seasoning packet kind of <laughs> chemical manufactured kind of spicy, <laughs> you know? Okay, can. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so how can you make it less unbearable? Mm. You can eat more fiber uh-huh. and reduce fatty foods when you're eating the spicy food. Mm-hmm. So like eat it with rice or bread or plain potatoes. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. They will negate it. Mm-hmm. Or you can incorporate bland foods or dairy in the meal to neutralize the spice. Okay. Like this the bready stuff mm-hmm. or also yogurt or milk. Mm. Which is also why at Indian restaurants, mm-hmm. there's an option for lassis and milk teas. Ah, yes. Yeah, indeed. it will somewhat neutralize the spice. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can eat a ton of spicy food for three straight weeks. And then? Apparently, if you eat <laughs> spicy food regularly, uh-huh. you can develop a higher tolerance for capsaicin. Oh, okay. Yeah, the magic number seems to be at three weeks at the moment. Okay. Yeah, you need to eat three weeks worth of regular spicy food. Okay. Then your body will be like, oh, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> We're doing this every day. Okay. <laughs> mm. yeah. But it only works if you don't have a pre-existing condition like IBS. Ah, okay. It must be okay with spicy food. Okay. Uh, then you eat three weeks worth, then you won't get so much spicy butt. Ah, so much spicy butt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's actually a term as spicy butt. <laughs> spicy butt. Yeah. If your meal is already over, right? Yes. According to the medical community. Yes. And you have the foresight that you're going to have a spicy poop. Okay, okay. You can apply a soothing cream before pooping. So there is a barrier to protect your delicate part. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, this is recommended by medical community, okay? (laughs) I'm not kidding you. (laughs) And they also advise that after you have the spicy poop, you should wash the area with water. Okay. And non-perfume soap immediately. Ah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Or use a soothing wet wipe on your butt. Okay. Mm. To get rid of the like acid or the capsaicin lah. Mm. To make it even more uh, irritated if it remains there. Yes. Ah, because okay. the medical community is actually concerned that you might have tiny tears there or you might have cuts or something. Actually, yeah. we use rough paper. Oh. And then you already... Already that side is already very inflamed. Uh-huh. Then you want to use something rough to go and make it. Then mm. later it has a small cut. Then you know that it's a, not a very clean place. Yeah, then you get then infected, infected and all. Mm-hmm. So I think the medical community is just very practical. <laughs> they already come up with a solution for <laughs> you. Matter really. of fact. Yeah. Yes. And to them it's like, this is not something we're embarrassed about. This is our body and this is their job, right? Yeah. So they're like, this is what y'all can do. Do it. Don't need to suffer. Yes. And it's good for you. Yes. Mm. <laughs> The end. <laughs> mm, they are not the kind to appreciate a good like. Like they are not squirmy ma. They are not like you know thing. very giggly about fat jokes. Or yeah, like. they are not. <laughs> it's lost onto the medical community. They're just like, huh, very funny man. Why you're so childish? <laughs> okay, so Jian, what is your search term? Okay, my search term is frequency illusion. Frequency illusion. Yeah, have you heard about this? Uh, the more you see something, the more you think is correct. Is that it? Mm, I think that sounds kind of correct, like it's a real thing. Uh-huh. But this is not what this is. Oh. Uh, frequency illusion. When you... Like for example, when you buy a, a new pair of shoes, then you keep seeing that pair of shoes everywhere. Is that it? Exactly that. Yes, huh? that's it right. Is, uh? yeah. That's <gasps> correct. <laughs> Okay, so the frequency illusion or the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon mm-hmm. is the phenomenon mm-hmm. where something you recently learned suddenly appears, quote, everywhere. Ah, Have you had this experience before? Like, for example, you heard the song Let It Go and then suddenly it's like everywhere is mm-hmm. singing the same song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or that time where, as now when you mentioned... Uh, when I bought that pair of shoes and then there are three other people in the same train carriage wearing the same shoe as me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so something like that. Mm-hmm. Have you had this before? Yes, How m- definitely. So, like, you know, you went and you, when you buy a bag, for example, mm. after that you see everybody carrying the bag, you're like, huh? Why? <laughs> very, very trendy, man, my bag. Huh? 
<laughs> yeah, you keep noticing, right? Yeah. That everybody's carrying the same bag. Yeah, bag, yeah. shoes, clothes, even a, a t-shirt. Like, mm. how can that person wear the same shirt as me? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I was much younger, mm-hmm. my parents bought a new car. Mm-hmm. And then... I started to see this particular car model everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I'll keep pointing out like, like you know, eh, there's another this car. And yeah. then it's a different colour, but it's actually our model. Yeah. That kind of thing, right? Our keep twin, pointing. I would like to say that. It's our car twin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I'll just keep pointing and pointing and pointing. Then I'll be like, why is it that when after we bought this car, then so many people bought this car also? Mm-hmm. I asked my parents. Uh-huh. Then after that, then they never answered me because they were busy doing something else. Then okay. I was like just reasoning to myself and I was like, is it because we buy this car, so we are familiar with this car, so now we keep noticing that this car is around us? Oh my goodness, you had such a <laughs> you had such an analytical mind when you were a kid. I, I just thought that, you know, because it's like a sale, la, like, you know? Yeah, so it's like so a box I just sale. Like, I thought that it was just like a box sale. No, like. I just thought that, is it? I think it's probably because that we noticed it and last time we didn't notice. Ah. Because it can't be that everybody buy the same car at the same time. Why not? Time. Like, that was my thinking. La. Like, maybe there was a promo. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. That was what I thought. La. Oh, so smart. Okay, then... <laughs> <laughs> then my dad suddenly caught on and then, like, then he heard that. Then he's like, yeah, that sounds correct. Then uh-huh, I was, like, uh-huh. very proud of myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so um, apparently it's real. Yeah, this thing that I just anyhow think about. So I think <laughs> everybody has been thinking about the same thing. <laughs> so um, in 2006, a linguistics professor named Arnold Zwicky, <laughs> he coined the academic term frequency illusion. And he explains that as we move through our days, we're actually exposed to thousands of pieces of information but our brain automatically filters out stuff that are not important because mm. we can only focus on a few things at one time. Yes. So most of what we hear and see never really penetrates our consciousness. Yes. And if it did, it's, it will be very distracting. Yes. And we will live in constant distraction. It's actually quite bad. Yes. Mm. So when something new happens or we learn about something, it captures our attention and our brain is actually primed to notice that new thing. Mm-hmm. So this frequency illusion is actually amplified by two other brain phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first one is called the recency effect. Mm-hmm. It's a cognitive bias which basically increases the importance of recent stimuli or observation. Mm-hmm. So if something happened recently, then you will feel that this particular thing is more important. Yes. On the spectrum of things. Yes. Priority list. Yes. So the second one is confirmation bias, which is precisely your belief that you are seeing this new thing all over the place. Mm-hmm. So your brain is suddenly actively on the lookout for this thing because mm. you want to confirm your belief mm. that because after I buy this thing, then everybody wants to buy the same thing as me. Mm. 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 Yeah. So these are the two effects that make this even more. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay, fun fact, the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, mm-hmm. the Bader-Meinhof, right, mm-hmm. has nothing to do with these two names. They no? are not like scientists. I thought they are the scientists that discovered that came this. Yeah, the no. psychologists, are sci- no? No. They are actually named after the Bader-Meinhof group. They are West German far-left militant organization. What? Okay. Yeah. So it's basically because one guy noticed that he learned about this organization mm-hmm. and then this name keep appearing everywhere oh. so he wrote a letter to the newspaper column and then many people agree and then they send in their own letters detailing a similar experience uh-huh. so the name bader meinhof phenomenon was coined oh wow yeah. that's interesting so it has nothing to do with those mm. people <laughs> so um this frequency illusion is mostly harmless and it doesn't affect normal people mm-hmm but it might have some serious consequences for detectives. So if they have a new suspect, right, mm-hmm. they might hone in on all the evidence that points to this new suspect. Oh, okay. And they might miss out on other key information for previous suspects. Ah, so say. it makes them less objective in their investigation. Yes, that's right. And like, for example, for doctors, mm-hmm. if they just learn of a new diagnosis, mm-hmm. they might keep making this diagnosis or they feel ah. that it's this. Mm-hmm. Mm. People also use this phenomenon as a marketing tool mm-hmm. because they retarget people mm. 
who have seen their ad or mm. bought their thing recently, then they just keep ah, yes. letting them see their thing. Yes. Mm. So it's actually... It's quite a well-used thing in the marketer's world. Yes. So it to can spam be, ads and like, you know, to make it more... Exploited. Yeah, it can be exploited. Exploited. <laughs> I was just gonna say to make it more front of mind, but okay, yeah. I was trying to complete my sentence. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you're right that it can be exploited. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so basically what we can learn from this is that we constantly take in a lot of information. So much more information than we are aware of, basically. Mm, yes. So our brains are actually not as smart as we think Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know we are only focused on a few things at one time Mm -hmm. so strangely enough we don't really know what we are doing unless we notice Mm. yep we have limited RAM yes (laughs) so this frequency effect really makes us aware Mm. of how much our attention actually shapes our experience of the world yes Mm. what you pay attention to you will see more you will feel more yes so just be aware of this particular effect. Alright, we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for... One thing to recommend. Okay, my recommendation for this week is a song by a four-year-old girl called Dinosaurs in Love. <laughs> There's a very cute animated video for it and I think that's the best way to enjoy this song. Yes. Watch the video, listen to the song. It's only one minute long Mm. and it came out two months ago Mm -hmm. and it has gone absolutely viral. Yes, please watch it, everyone. Just watch it Mm. without reading about it. Just watch the video. It's very short. Mm. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yeah, also a fan now. (laughs) It's by Fan Rosenthal, daughter of Tom Rosenthal, who is a singer-songwriter. And after you watch it, you will know why it went viral. Mm. Yes. And the song will stay in your head. Yes. And it is worth the earworm. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, so Tian, what is your recommendation? Okay, mine is The Truman Show. Oh, it's nice. It's an old one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a movie from 1998 mm-hmm. starring Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And it is a story about a man who grew up having an ordinary life. But his entire life is actually a half-scripted TV show when he's the only one who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So he's been living a life inside the TV like kind of reality but not really because everybody else in his life is actually scripted mm. recently I watched an analysis about this movie and I actually feel that it is quite deep and like actually quite sad because mm. it's like we don't really think about the the implications it mm. has for Truman after the movie has ended mm-hmm. and it is actually quite traumatizing mm-hmm. like to have this happen to you mm-hmm. yeah so just watch the movie and like Try to reflect on it a bit more. Mm. Mm. It's available on Netflix because I recently watched it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like maybe a few months ago. I don't know whether it's still on Netflix though. Oh, okay. Mm. Cool. All right. We've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Jian, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us an email at yyshow at gmail.com and we will search it up on the show. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page or our Ko-fi page, K-O-F-I, and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. So, see you there!